following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. Disciples a parable to show them that they to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? My name is David. Uh, I'm part of the church family here at St. Michael's. Uh, If I've not met you, uh, it's very nice to see you this evening. Uh, A couple of bits of admin before we get started. Uh, One, I have to turn these lights on. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but clearly Ed is not here. Otherwise, we wouldn't have half the lights not on in the church. Uh, the second thing is, hopefully, uh, next to you, on the seat next to you, or on the floor, there should be a handout. I think, Louise, you've got a stack of ten next to you. You've already passed them along. You're on top of it. Excellent. Uh, that will just help us as, as we go through this passage to see, uh, to see where we're going. And if it's useful for you to take notes, then please take notes um, as I go through it. Let me pray for us uh, before we dig into the passage. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, for your scripture. Uh, thank you for this parable. Please help us now as we look at it to understand it, to understand how it impacts our relationship with you and uh, what that means for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, I was on a very nice holiday in the Mediterranean. I was having a lovely time. And then one evening, I got attacked by mosquitoes. And my legs got covered in bites. Thankfully, you can't see them anymore. Uh, but I went to bed that night, and I couldn't sleep. My legs, both my legs were so itchy. They were painful. And I was praying to God. I was lying there trying to sleep. And I was praying to God saying, God, th- this isn't fair. I'm, I'm on my holiday. I'm trying to relax, and I can't even sleep. Please get rid of this itchiness. And because I couldn't sleep, I then got out my phone, and I was reading through the news, and one of the news articles I read was about uh, the terror persecution of Christians in Pakistan that happened this week, where mobs went and destroyed Christian homes and churches. And I felt so ashamed that I was sitting there on my nice holiday, praying to God to take away a bit of inconvenience, itchiness, and around the world there were people facing real persecution, homes being destroyed. But then I thought, how how do I even pray for that? How do I pray for God's justice to be done in that situation? Do I pray for him to smite down in vengeance the mobs? Do I pray for a miraculous recovery of, of finances for all those people's homes and churches? And surely those Christians knew they were in a hostile environment, and they'd been praying for God's protection. Why, why hadn't he protected them? Why hadn't he answered 
their prayers in the first place for protection. And that dynamic between prayer and God's justice is what this passage is about this evening. It helps us to look at how we can pray to God, why we should pray to God, and how that impacts our relationship with him and our understanding of his justice. And I think quite helpfully, because there are some difficult questions that come out of this passage, Jesus, in his wisdom, he starts off, before he even tells us the parable, he tells us the point of the parable. So if you look back in your Bible, if you look at verse verse 1 of chapter 18, it says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. Why? To show them that they should always pray and not give up. So if you take nothing else from this evening, know that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, instructs and encourages us to always pray and never give up. Now, what is, what is this parable, and how does it show us to do that? How, does, uh, how are we encouraged by it to always pray and never give up? Well, it's quite a short parable, and there's two main characters in it. The first character is the judge, the wicked judge. I call him the wicked judge because he is a mean, wicked judge, and I think that is how he is described. If you look at um, verse 2, it says he's a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And if that wasn't clear enough, it's repeated again in uh, verse 4, even though I don't fear God or care what people think. And Jesus then even calls him the unjust judge in verse 6. He's a mean judge. He's, he's Ebenezer Scrooge. He's, he's not a nice person. He's the judge in that town, so he's probably the highest human authority, and he doesn't fear God. He doesn't fear a higher moral authority that would compel him to act well. And he also doesn't care what people think. He's not a people pleaser. He's not worried that people are going to think he's mean. He's not worried how people are going to think about his actions. He's a mean judge, and he only acts in his own self-interest. And then the second character in the parable is the widow. And we don't, we don't know much about the widow. We, we're told that she is a widow. And in that culture and society, that means she would have been especially vulnerable. Um, presumably, she's coming to the judge for justice because she has no one else, no other family support or friends that she can turn to for, for help and justice. So she is particularly in need. We're told that she does have a, an injustice, an adversary in her life. We're told that in verse 3. And she comes to the judge and asks for justice to be done. Grant me justice against my adversary. And verse 4 says, for some time he refused. The, the judge doesn't care. Why, why should he help her? He, he doesn't have to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't care about her. So for some time he refused. But she persisted. She persisted and she kept going back and asking. And finally the judge relents. And he doesn't relent because he's had uh, a compassionate turn and he's, he's suddenly felt sympathetic towards her. He doesn't relent because she's come back with some eloquent dissertation of why she deserves this justice. He relents because it's in his own, own self-interest that he's being pestered and bothered to the point where he feels like he's under threat of attack. He says... Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, 
I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now, the NIV uses the, the phrase attack me. Other translations uh, take it a bit more emotionally or psychology and say wear out or bear down. But it's that idea of she kept asking so much, pestering so much, that he just said it'd be easier for me to give her justice and to get her out of my life. So he does it for, that, for the pure reason of it benefits him. So we have a widow who needed help. She went to someone in authority who was able to help, and that person in authority helped her, granted her justice. So from this parable, why should we pray? Because we are people in need, and we can go to a higher authority, God, and ask, and he will provide. And that, that is what it says then in, uh, in verse uh, 4 and 6. Sorry, in, in 6 and 7, it says, Listen to what the unjust says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice. So we pray because we're in need and God will give us justice. Two caveats to point out here before we go any further. First is uh, there are many different types of prayers. Uh, we pray in many different situations for many different things. We pray, uh, as Abby and Lewis are praying, we pray praise of prayers, of thanksgiving, of confession. This parable, this passage, is primarily looking at prayers of petition, of um, requests from God. And that doesn't diminish the, the other prayers, and we should also pray those prayers as well. But this is particularly looking at that type of prayer, prayers of, of request, of petition to God. The second caveat is it would be a, a gross oversimplification if I ended there and just said, if we pray to God and ask for something, God will give us what we want. Because that can lead to some very messy theology, some very bad theology, like prosperity gospel, it can uh, make us confused and misunderstand our relationship with, with God uh, and misunderstand God himself. So that is why I've, I've broken down uh, the rest of the talk into, into three separate parts because uh, even this is a bit of a simplification. When we pray to God, he hears us and he does respond. And sometimes he says yes. So we pray and he says yes. Sometimes we pray and he says, wait. And so we're to pray persistently. Sometimes we pray and he says, no. And in those situations, we're to have faith in God's justice. So we're going to look at um, those, those three divisions uh, in terms of God's response, yes, wait, or no. And the first point is to pray, is to ask for help because God does give us justice. And the, the parable is clear that it, it says that in verses 6 and 7, that when we pray and ask for justice, God will bring about justice for his people. And not just in this parable, but uh, throughout the Bible, we have examples of God's people coming to him in prayer, asking for help, and him providing it. In the Old Testament, David, Moses, Elijah, all these great uh, people of God coming to God, asking for help, and God answers their prayer and provides help. And in the New Testament, Jesus himself asks for God to intervene 
for help. And God does. There's the, the great story of Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life and uh, Jesus saying afterwards, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing my prayer. Uh, and Jesus making the kind of funny comment that I'm, I'm saying this out loud because I know you heard my prayer, but I want everyone else to know that you've heard my prayer and you've answered my prayer. So that, that first response is yes. And it'd be quite easy to, to skate over that and to say, okay, that's the, the easier one to understand. Let's move on to the more complicated ones. But it is so important, I think, and so helpful for us to to dwell on that and to remember, to hold on to that, that God does say yes to our prayers for justice. And that, that in itself is an amazing thing, that God, the creator of the universe, cares for each and every one of us, that he hears our prayers, he listens to our prayers, he responds to our prayers, and he gives us justice. That is an amazing, amazing thing, that we have that relationship with God, that he is all-powerful, and yet is all-loving and wants to help us and provides us with justice. And when we sometimes lose track of that, especially when, when we look at the other two responses of not hearing from God or a no from God, we can sometimes put God in the position of that mean judge. And we can sometimes think of God as, oh, he's that miserable old meanie up in heaven and he'll only answer our prayers if we keep banging on the door and bothering him. But nothing could be further from the truth that the parable is there to show us that even if a horrible, mean, wicked, unjust judge will grant justice, how much more so our heavenly Father in heaven who loves us and cares for us will he give us justice when we ask for him? when we ask him for that justice. So we should pray because we need help and God can answer our prayers, sometimes with a yes, but sometimes it is with a wait. And when that happens, uh, then we need to come to that second point, to pray persistently. In In the parable, we're told that the widow has to ask persistently The parable is called the persistent widow because she has to ask persistently for justice. And it doesn't tell us exactly how long, but verse 4 says, for some time the judge refused. So for some time. We we don't know if that's days, weeks, months, but for some time, repetitively, the, um, the widow is coming to the judge and asking for justice to be done. And that, that's fine for the parable. That kind of makes sense when we think about the context of the, the widow and the unjust judge. But it gets a bit challenging when we then read Jesus' Jesus's words afterwards. Um, because in verse 7 and 8, he says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Jesus asked that rhetorical question, will he keep putting them off? Obviously, no, he's not going to keep putting them off. And he's going to see that they get justice quickly. So how do we balance that idea of getting justice quickly with sometimes God says, wait to us in our prayers? 
I think there's, there's a couple of hints in this passage. The first is what Jesus has told us, that the point of the parable, he's, he says to always pray and not give up. Not, not give up implies that we will have to keep praying. We will have to keep praying. And again, not that God is that unjust judge that we have to keep pestering, but that we have to keep praying. We have to be persistent because God works in his own time. And I think that's uh, maybe the more helpful bit. At the end of the passage, it gives us a bit of a clue as to the time scale God is working to. So in verse 8, it said, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And then he goes on to say, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, he's talking about Jesus' second coming at the end of time, at the end of uh, the history of the earth. And that's the time scale that God is working in. God does care about each and every single moment of our lives, each day-to-day interaction, each month-to-month issue that's going on, long-term problems and prayers that we bring to him. But he's looking at things from a massive eternal timescale. And we were actually thinking a bit about this on Wednesday evening at the Summer Central. We just had this past week, we were looking at uh, the book of Second Peter. And Second Peter, the chapter 3, uh, is all about the second coming, Jesus' second coming. And it has these really helpful verses in it that say in verse 8 and 9, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. When I read that passage and see that we're going to get justice quickly, I read that as immediately. I want to pray to God, and I want my prayers answered immediately. But God works in his own time. And that does mean that it is a challenge that sometimes we expect things to happen immediately and they, they won't happen immediately and we won't understand that. And it can also work the other way. Sometimes we pray for something and we expect it's going to take a, a long time to get resolved and it's, it's the other way around that a thousand years like a day to the Lord and it, it gets resolved straight away. But I think that is why we have to be persistent in prayer because when God does say wait, he will give us that justice, but it's on his time scale. And I think it is, um, it's also helpful. Um, I've put on some other verses on the handout. Um, we won't go through them all now, but um, we can pop it up on the screen, I think, Melissa, of the, these are a few of the different verses, just other verses about prayer in the Bible. And just to give us a flavor, they use words like constantly in prayer, at all times, on all occasions, always keep on praying without ceasing in every situation. We've not stopped praying. We continually ask God. Prayer is, is not meant to be a kind of a, I'll ask once and, and then I'm done. And part of that is prayer is a relationship with God. And so it's, it's meant to be a conversation. It's meant to be an ongoing conversation. And so I think we are meant to pray persistently especially when it's challenging if we don't get the answer we were expecting. 
But that, that's all well and good, except if we get a yes, it's quite obvious. If we prayed for God to grant us justice to help us, and we receive that justice, excellent, great. We know God has heard our prayer and granted us justice. If he's telling us wait, it, it's often hard to know that. How, how do we know that God is telling us to wait in a certain situation? And God speaks to us in many ways, through the Bible, through each other, but it can be quite difficult that maybe we just think God hasn't heard us, or maybe he's heard us but doesn't care. And then that leads into the final um, answer of what happens if God says no to us? What happens if he says no to our request for justice? Is worth clarifying uh, from the parable, the widow deserves justice. So she's come to the judge and asked for justice, and the judge says in verse 5, because she keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. So it, it's not that the widow has had an argument with her neighbor and she's a bit annoyed with her neighbor and she's decided to come to the judge and ask the judge to be on her side and because she's pestering, she's getting her way. She has been uh, put in a situation of injustice and so she deserves justice. So it is right that when she asks for it, that she does receive it. And there are many times when we can pray to God about something and we actually know it isn't something we should be praying about. It's the, the classic thing of children who ask their parents for ice cream, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then they're somehow surprised and annoyed when their parents say no. They, they know it's not good for them. They know their parents are going to say no, but they still ask and they still get upset and annoyed. And from this parable, it, it's clear that when we pray to God to ask, it's for justice. And in those other verses that um, were on the handout, they all use different um, terms as well. They're not necessarily about justice, but it's about asking in God's name, asking in Jesus' name, asking for something for God to be glorified, asking for uh, good gifts. And so there are going to be times when God says no to our prayers because we've not asked for something that deserves justice. We've not asked for a good gift. And again, that's all well and good and easy to say, but what about all the times when we ask for something that is right to ask for? What about the times when there is an injustice and we ask God and he still says no? And we know there, there are countless times in the Bible where it says, if you have an illness, come and ask for God to heal it. If you have anxieties, depressions, addictions, temptations, come to God and ask for his help in those things. And it is right and good for us as God's people to ask our Heavenly Father for help in those things. And I think right for us to, to expect that he will respond and help us in those situations. So then, how do we reconcile that with the fact that he still sometimes says no to those things? Well, it, it, that is a very difficult question. It, it's not just a uh, fun intellectual topic to think about because these are 
things that affect us. They affect us all, and it's, it's the things that we probably have most on our hearts and we're probably most worried about. How, how can God not care and help us in those situations? And just to say, as we're saying, if there are particular situations like that in your life or you're struggling with the idea of why isn't God answering this prayer, do, do come and talk to people. Um, the prayer team will be available at the end of the service. Do come and talk to us. Do talk to your home group leaders. Do talk to Ed and Simon. It is good to ask these questions and not just to, to let them fester. And the best person to ask these questions to is God. God doesn't want us to hide our feelings for, from him. He says in, in the passage, he says that in verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? He wants us to cry out to him. My assumption is that the widow isn't timidly going to the door and dispassionately knocking and saying, please, could you help me? My impression is that she's down on her knees begging the judge to give her justice. And in the same way, it's okay for us to do that to God, to get down on our knees and to, to cry out to him. Why, why God? Why is this happening? It, it's called a, a prayer of lament, of of pouring out your soul to God, of asking why is this, why is this happening? And uh, the book of the Bible, the Psalms, so many of them are full of people saying, why God? Why is this happening in my life? And God wants us to come to him with those difficult questions, to ask him and to put our trust in him that he is our heavenly father and he does want what's best for us. I, another helpful thing that I, well, I've found helpful when thinking about this topic, when struggling with this topic, is uh, there's great Christian books on this. One book that I've been reading the past couple of weeks is called God on Mute by a guy called Pete Gregg, uh, who is the founder of 24-7 Prayer Movement. Um, and it ha- he has this great uh, line in the book that says, but it is this very conviction, the belief that prayer works, that causes perplexity and pain when it doesn't. If, if we didn't believe in God, if we didn't believe that God was all-powerful and all-loving, then we probably wouldn't be upset if, when prayer doesn't seem to work or we don't seem to hear from God because he's, he's not who he says he is. But it's because we believe him and we know that he is all-powerful and all-loving that it causes that perplexity and pain when we don't get those responses from God. And it is, it's, a, it's a very helpful book, um, and it's, it's based on that classic um, atheist challenge of, okay, if God is all-loving and all-powerful, why does he allow suffering? How, how can that be? When, when we cry out to God for justice and we don't get it, what, what does that mean? Does that mean God isn't all-powerful or he's not all-loving? And in a couple of minutes, we're going to close the service by uh, singing one of my recent favorite songs. Uh, it's called Jesus, Strong and Kind. And it reminds us that Jesus, God, is strong. He is all-powerful. He is able to do anything. And he is also kind. He is loving and wants to help us. And that is the, the, the problem, the, 
a thing that doesn't quite make sense, but it's also the wonderful encouragement to us because Jesus being kind, God being kind, means that we need to trust him. We need to trust his justice. We need to trust that when things happen in our lives, he knows what's going on and it is for our good. It might make no sense to us whatsoever, but that God is working in his timescale through all things. And there's that great verse, Romans 8, verse 28, that says, and we know that God in all things works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's what we need to have faith in, that when we cry out to God for justice, that he is working in all things for our good. And it's, uh, that's the, the challenge that we get at the end of this passage in verse 8. It says, I tell you, you will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will we have persisted in praying with faith in God's justice and trusting him when things are difficult, when things don't make sense, when it doesn't seem like God's justice is fair? And ultimately, God's justice doesn't make sense because we have sinned, we've fallen short of God's glory, and we deserve the punishment, the justice of sin, which is death. And God is kind and loving to us, but he is also a perfect, just God. And so that punishment needs to happen. And it did. And wonderfully, it was Jesus on the cross, dying on the cross for us, took that punishment, took, bore the wrath of Jesus, of God, the Father. He took that justice upon himself. And so that is an amazing reminder to us that God is just, but he also loves us. And in that situation, he didn't deny justice. He was just, but he himself took that punishment upon himself. And I think uh, one of the most challenging and encouraging prayers in the whole Bible is just a, a few pages after this parable in Luke 22, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is praying to God, and he knows that he's about to be arrested, taken away, put on trial, and taken away and crucified, and feel that full burden of God's wrath, and suffer as no one ever has or no, no one ever will. And this is what Jesus prays. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus cries out to God in pain for help, for justice. But ultimately, he puts his faith perfectly in God's perfect justice. Not my will, your will be done. And that is, that is the real challenge for us in the midst of whatever we're going through, the, the challenges of life, day-to-day, long-term, that we need to be trusting in God, in his goodness, in his justice, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when it seems like that, that can't be the right answer, God, that we need to trust in his justice and have faith in him. And so we should pray we should pray persistently, 
and we should pray with faith in God's justice. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are our Father in heaven, that you do love and care for us, that we can come to you in prayer. And thank you that you are in heaven, that you are sovereign over all, that you are able to provide perfect justice. Please help us, Lord God, to come to you in prayer, to come to you with our needs and our struggles. And please help us to understand uh, when it doesn't always seem like you're responding, Lord God. Help us to have faith in you in those situations. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.